Hello and welcome to the podcast version of the BCFM radio show, Love and Science. This episode was first broadcast on January the 16th, 2017. Love and Science. Welcome again. That's two welcomes in a, in a very short space of time to Love and Science. It's always great to have your company. Hope you had uh, a great Christmas and uh, uh, you're having a really good New Year. I am joined, of course, by my old friend um, Andrew Glester, who's a co-presenter on this show. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Malcolm. Uh, Hello, everybody. Hello. It's uh, it's very good to be back. And uh, 2017 looking like an exciting year for science. Yes, it is. I think it is. And of course, there's there's a bit of gloom and doom around, isn't there? So we'll just deal with that first of all today is uh black uh, is it black friday or grim monday. friday or, black monday. Go, sorry monday blue monday blue monday see i've got uh, everything wrong yeah. as i usually do at the top of the yeah, program yeah. it is blue monday it's not blue monday on this show no it's not. i have to say uh, but there are people they the science wor- the scientists worry about uh, brexit you know will that affect funding uh, for research and um uh trump well that's going to happen on friday when uh, he becomes uh, actually president of the united states and yep. um, there are sections of the science community that are a bit worried about whether a trump presidency will carry on supporting them like the uh, climate change monitoring mm-hmm. uh, service and all, all that kind of thing climate science mm-hmm. um but we're, we're just gonna have to uh, have to see how, how how that goes and what we want to do on this show as the first show of the new year uh, is to look forward uh, because there's an awful lot to uh, look forward to so no blue mondays here blue fridays or anything else no Green Wednesdays, and that's not happening no, here. No? no, and um, let's let's have a think about our f- uh, uh, what our first story implies, which is um, American. Is it, what's in the news is that the American SpaceX rocket company has resumed flights. Yay! Goodness. So so they had uh, a, a rather bad time, didn't they, uh, back in in September? Yes. Yeah, they had a, a, an explosion on the launch pad. Uh, with one of their payloads, well, a huge payload actually going up into space to deliver all sorts of things up into space, satellites and and uh, deliveries and things, and uh, it, it exploded on the on the launch pad, which was uh, mm, a so real didn't setback. Go, yeah. And of course, they they knew, knew that this kind of thing could happen. They've, they've sort of planned for it, of course. but you don't want this to happen too much. Well, I believe people do say that space is hard, and it is. <laughs> it really is very difficult. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? That we've we I think. Uh, is it Elon Musk who said that it, he will have succeeded when it becomes boring? <laughs> <laughs> so Elon Musk is the he's a multi multi billionaire, I think, behind uh, the SpaceX uh, program. He's really an inventor, and um, uh, he's very very good at getting various projects off the ground, like the Tesla car and all of that kind of thing. SpaceX is his thing, and uh, it's uh, really the ultimate goal is to get people to land on Mars. So. Uh, his uh, uh, American SpaceX rocket company has resumed flights, according to uh, launching a Falcon 9 vehicle from the Vandenberg Air Force Base on the California coast. It's the first mission by the company since one of its vehicles exploded 
on the launch pad in September. And the return to operation sees SpaceX start to renew what was the original global handheld satellite phone network run by Iridium. Mm. So Iridium's a company. There is an element called Iridium, but this is a company called Iridium. And the liftoff took place at 0954, if you're interested in that sort of thing, local time, or 1754 GMT. I think you have to be a little bit of a geek to uh, (laughs) want to know all the different time zones in the world. But there you go, nothing particularly wrong. But if you uh, do, that's fine. Um, I'll tell you what is absolutely brilliant with this. They've they've got a video camera on the the space rocket. And part the, the... Part, one of the stages of the rocket is is reusable. So part of what SpaceX is trying to do is to make spaceflight more affordable. And obviously to do that, part, one of the main keys to doing that is to make the rockets reusable, which seems crazy, a little bit crazy, but they're managing to do it. So they, yeah. the rocket takes off and then it autonomously lands on an autonomous lander in the sea. What I mean by that is that a robot... A robot rocket lands on a robot boat in the sea. That's essentially what that means, isn't wow. it? Wow. And there's a video. If you look at, uh, if you're on Facebook, go to SpaceX on Facebook. There's a video there. I'm sure you'll be able to find it on other things too. It's called uh, Sped Up uh, SpaceX Falcon 9 video. And there's a video on the spacecraft, the space rocket, as it comes back from space to land on this um, lander. It's it's essentially an old barge yeah. with a target on it, and the precision with yeah. which this rocket lands back on the on, on the lander is amazing. It's a wonderful piece of engineering. It's fantastic to watch. That's incredible because because I suppose if you think about it, the way we've traditionally done space flight is incredibly wasteful. Mm. Um, of course, we, 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 we got used to the, uh, it was the, challen- the Challengers, wasn't it? The Challenger spacecraft mm. um, that um, basically gave a, a piggyback to uh, uh, spaceships, just get them up into, into high orbit and yeah. then, and, 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 and then uh, they'd come back. Um, but uh, the actual spacecraft itself was lost. Yeah, and uh, of course the these Saturn rockets yeah. are unbelievably huge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think they use um, Rolls Royce engine. I, I, I believe this is true. Rolls Royce engines mm-hmm. just to pump the fuel <laughs> into the, into the space rocket right, engines. Wow. Yeah, uh, because they are they are so big, and it's all lost, as you as you say, it's just all 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 lost. And it's all just become space junk. Become space junk or space debris, or mm. it falls into the ocean or something yeah, like absolutely. that. Uh, so that that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's mm. it's, it's brilliant. They're they're managing to pull it off, and it, again, it's difficult. They have had these setbacks, and they seem like major setbacks because it's a huge explosion. But in terms of what they're trying to do, they're really pushing the boundaries of spaceflight and what what we're able to do with rocket technology and it is literally rocket science now it's this isn't rocket science but we've got some new technology to do with the show haven't we we have we have it's amazing because what we're what we're going to do is there's been a bit of a bit of a clamor yeah i think uh, about a person has contacted us and said (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't me it wasn't you (laughs) and said we would really like because we you know obviously you choose the most fantastic music that's ever been played on radio but 
we don't tune in for that. We no. tune in for the chat. Yes. And so we've we've had a, a very good talk with all our friends who uh, uh, are make the decisions at BCFM. And they've said, yes, you can actually create a version of this program that people can get hold of uh, that's just the chat. Yeah, as a podcast. No yeah. So, so, I mean, the, the, now we, we're going into mysterious realms here now. But what, uh, what, what's, what's the likely... Uh, uh, projection of is, is, is this program going to be available? I, I would hope that we could make this our first podcast. So if you're listening to this very first Love and Science podcast, then you won't hear the music that we're about to play. But welcome to the very first Love and Science podcast. And if you're not, you're listening to us on the radio, you might get used to us saying that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, there will be instructions coming up at some point about how you can get hold of it. So it's kind of, it's a brand new thing. And uh, it's great to have your company. I don't know where you're listening, uh, but if you're in Bristol, you'll know it's uh, rather cold and wet. And uh, some people have dubbed this uh, Blue Monday. In case you're wondering what that is, um, it's uh, some... People, I think it's a newspaper thing. Actually, it's, it's, it's just, it's just taking. No home in science. <laughs> There's no home in science, and uh, basically the idea is it's thought that you, you add up all the factors. You know, grim weather, post Christmas, no money, blah 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 blah. Then this is like the worst day. But as we said, that does not happen on this show. Most definitely not. And we're looking forward. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, science in the in uh, 2017 and some of the things uh, that are going to uh, come up. And we've picked up uh, one or two stories. There's so much, actually, to say. We would be here for days if we were trying to highlight uh, some of the exciting things that uh, uh, that may happen. But um, uh, the first one I'm, I'm going to pick up is... Uh, this is going to this is going to sound odd, but mosquito science because um, one of the things that worries people a great deal worried people in uh, uh, Brazil, then in the United States, then in other parts of the world, if you will remember, in 2016, was this dreadful virus called Zika, which didn't appear to have any uh, symptoms uh, particularly if you if you got it as a, as, a, as an adult, but could have devastating effects on uh, on, on newborn children and. Um, well, it has had devastating effects on newborn uh, children. And um, so uh, w one of the reasons why mosquito research got, uh, got an awful lot of attention in 2016 was simply uh, because they wanted to uh, predict how the Zika virus uh, would spread. Uh, it turns out that... Um, there was a report in the United States that uh, the common Culex mos mosquito can't transmit uh, Zika. Then there were labs in China, Brazil and Canada who are still working on it that say that it can. And so the question is, is this differences in the mosquito, because we know there are several different kinds of mosquito. For example, the only mosquito that transmits um, malaria is the Anopheline mosquito okay and do you know i was really pleased i thought you were going to ask me then i have no idea no no it is <laughs> no i'm just saying okay. uh, and 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 so uh, not all mosquitoes transmit uh, all the uh, same uh, diseases and and what is it you know is there a change in the zika virus and what's going on so this is a, a, a big thing and um there are a lot of uh, labs absolutely devoted uh, to figuring out what's going on uh, with uh, zika you're listening to love and science on bcfm radio the thing is you just never know what's going to uh, uh, pop up um, it turns out that uh, melatonin 
a, a chemical called mel- melatonin, makes midshipmen fish sing if you give it to them. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been uh, thought that spiders cannot hear airborne sounds from across the room but it turns out that they can. Yeah. And all these uh, discoveries this year, and they might sound, you know, a bit of a joke, the sort of thing you tag on to the end of the Today programme, <laughs> yeah, yeah. have a little bit of a laugh about. But actually, uh, we'll, when you find out something, how much you don't know about something, it's really exciting because it opens loads of doors and what may just seem like a bit of a, a party trick, getting mm-hmm. a fish to sing or something, uh, or, or, or getting a spider to respond to, to, to sound. Actually, uh, we discover something new about the world about us and that can have quite far-reaching effects on on uh, our technology and uh, and how we understand the world absolutely this time last year we were um well a few people probably were thinking that 2016 might see a breakthrough in uh, gravitational wave research we might find gravitational waves yeah and then of course we did yeah in the middle of last year ligo uh, announced that they'd found gravitational waves. Yep. And Can you remember what LIGO stands for? Um, no. No. I can't either. Okay. It's terrible, isn't it? We yeah. use that uh, all the time. But LIGO is this thing deep inside a, a mountain which is actually detected gravity waves, yeah, gravitational absolutely. waves. And, um, and that's going to be a new way for us to, 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 to study the universe. I'm not sure that we'll be finding much through the study of gravitational waves about the universe this year, but that would be pretty good. What I do know is that there are several space um, uh, missions planned or already out there which are going to be making some breakthroughs this year. Um, Juno, NASA's Juno probe, is going to be giving us a 3D picture of the inside of Jupiter which is pretty amazing, seeing what's, gonna, what's inside from the core right to the surface. What so how, how does it... Because what we know about Jupiter is it's this massive gas giant, isn't it? It's absolutely enormous. You, you could get a very large number of Earths uh, into, into the space occupied by Jupiter, which means that it is incredibly dense as well. I mean, how on Earth is a spacecraft surviving... Uh, um, so so close to to the planet Jupiter. Oh, it's very clever engineering, isn't it? I mean, they just they they know what they're doing. And uh, but does it mean that ultimately it won't survive? No, of course it won't. They'll they'll have to crash it into um, into Jupiter, and uh, as indeed Cassini, which is uh, ending its mission, which that's at uh, at Saturn. Cassini bringing these amazing images of of Saturn at the moment, um, and for the for the last oh, I don't know how many years, but some really stunning images of Saturn from the Cassini spacecraft and that has to crash into Saturn at the end of it because there is possibility of life on some of the moons of mm. Saturn and yeah. if, if this spacecraft went into, continued to be in orbit around Saturn it could crash into one of Saturn's many moons yeah. and contaminate it uh, which if we then went there to see if there was life there then that would be very bad mm. indeed of course Europa um, famously has life in it um, from the uh, 2010 uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke novel. Um, um, but, yeah, so there's... Uh, you just have to remember that when Andrew says things like this, <laughs> some, sometimes he doesn't remember whether... <laughs> science fact and science, science fiction. Science fact and science fiction, yes. yeah. I like to pretend that science fiction is real sometimes, yes. Mark, and just let me do that. I know, just let you... Yeah, it just yeah. keeps you happy. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, it gets actually, you through the day. It does. I was going to say, when, when, when the... the 
the news, the main bit of the news is bringing us all down. Quite often the science news is a place to go for positive stories. If you want a bit of a pick-me-up, then science news is a good place to go for it. That's a very good tip. Mm. Yes, indeed. Well, we do it at least once a week. (laughs) We do, definitely. For sure. Um, Definitely mostly uh, during the week as well. uh, But there's also the uh, European Space Agency's ExoMars Orbiter, which is going to be looking for trace gases in the atmosphere of Mars. That's a fascinating Mm. subject, which I'm sure we'll come back to later in the year. Uh, But Cassini uh, is is ending its its, uh, mission in September, I think. It's going to crash into Jupiter. That would be pretty spectacular. Um, And one of the things that it's... Well, there's a couple of things that it'll be able to do as it reaches the end of its life. They're going to be able to do a bit... Be a bit more risky with what they ask it to do, this spacecraft. And uh, they're looking for a moonlet, a very small moon called Peggy, Mm. Um, which we've seen the effects of. It moves the rings. Mm. and So as you just point out, we're, we're back talking about Saturn yes. now. Yes, yeah. yeah. so Saturn's rings are uh, affected by what we believe must be a moonlet called Peggy. Yeah, It's never been seen, Cassini's going to try and image that mm. uh, for the first time. And the other thing it's going to do before it crashes is, is travel between the rings and the planet itself. Mm. So we're going to get some really spectacular imagery there and some fascinating science as well. When we say uh, a moonlet, this moonlet called Peggy. Now, Peggy's named after somebody, the discoverer's mother-in-law, isn't it? Yeah. Because it was found on, on her birthday. Yes. And um, uh, we call it a moonlet. In fact, it's 200... Uh, uh, Something like 200 kilometres long. It's 2,000 kilometres. Sorry, 2,000, that's what I meant to say, 2,000 kilometres long. That's, that's not tiny, is it? That's quite a big chunk of rock. Um, no, yes, absolutely. But um, it's, it's a 2,000 kilometre long smudge is what right, we saw okay. in the background. So we okay. don't know exactly how big Peggy right. is. So it might be just a long, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, a long yeah, streak yeah. of rock. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, but... It's uh, it's a fascinating uh, Cassini. If you don't know about Cassini, just Google Cassini. And look at everything about it. An incredible mission which comes to end in September this year. I've got a great story about Cassini. A few years ago, I was asked to interview uh, the, a man who worked on the engineering of Cassini, and his particular job was to design a probe that uh, was to go out from Cassini, land on Titan and land in the methane sea on Titan, measure the height of the, of the waves, you know, the amplitude of the waves, and um, send back information about the atmosphere on oh, Titan. Cool. And he said, and I sat in the, he, he said this, I sat in the control room and we waited and then suddenly this uh, beep started coming and it was data yeah. coming in from something that he'd sat at the bench, designed, They'd sent it up into space, and it had done exactly what he'd planned to Amazing. do. I was thinking, wow, what kind of a yeah, yeah. experience must that be? Yeah, incredible. Just, just astonishing. Brilliant stuff. We're looking forward uh, to uh, science in 2017 and wondering what kinds of things are, are going to uh, come up. And uh, we've been uh, having a look at uh, what people are saying they're looking forward to. And uh, there was um, uh, uh, some big leap leaps forward in using a technique uh, called it's called CRISPR C-R-I-S-P-R everybody's crispering everything says uh, one scientist uh, referring to uh, this gene editing um, technique Uh, it actually uh, came into uh, the headlines in 2015 Um, basically 
it's just a very, very clever way of um, uh, uh, cutting out uh, pieces of genetic code. And uh, there are efforts to uh, modify chickens, for example, to produce hypoallergenic eggs and to create mushrooms that don't go that don't go brown um, pigs are being developed to grow organs to transplant into other people now you might be appalled so I can imagine some people might be appalled at hearing all of these uh, things going on I love brown mushrooms they're saying <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, this is not the colour not the actual colour brown but, 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 but uh, I mean we're not talking about brown mushrooms we're talking about mushrooms that go brown okay. uh, that shouldn't um, uh, and actually using um, uh, pig uh, organs is is a it's um, a form of what's that is generally known as xenotransplantation, where you take something from uh, a, a, one animal and you put it into another. And it's there are an awful lot of people going around with heart uh, organ uh, um, parts of their heart and so on uh, that uh, come from other animals. Uh, you may find this shocking. I can imagine uh, some <laughs> some people do, but it's amazing that it can be done. Uh, researchers are using CRISPR as a tool to investigate which genetic variants may cause heart disease and cancer and learn uh, more about how genes turn on and off um, one of the big discoveries going back a, a little bit was that we, we used to talk certainly when I started learning about this sort of thing we used to talk about junk DNA and people said you know what there's all this DNA hanging around in the cells of our bodies doesn't seem to serve any useful purpose at all um, it's just junk DNA maybe it's just an evolutionary thing and uh, we don't need it all anymore it turns out that what the body does is it's got this um, whole um, collection of uh, recipes available to it to tell the body what to do but it chooses not to use them if it wants to, it can switch them on or it can switch them off. And it's discovered that is exactly how the body works. It just says, well, um, oh, do you know what? I, I think I need to uh, switch such and such on. And it does. And that's given birth to the whole uh, science of genomics. Wow. And uh, CRISPR really is, is part of that. Yeah. Um, so there are more exciting developments on the way. Clinical trials in people using CRISPR have begun and more will start in 2017 uh, just to help people with all kinds of um, illnesses. Uh, if researchers can actually make headway on curing sickle cell disease or muscular dystrophy, for example, uh, which has shown promise in animals, that would be absolutely uh, amazing. And um, maybe there'll be progress in making functioning gene drives, engineered DNA, DNA designed to propel itself through generations of organisms. Uh, there's all kinds of things uh, that uh, we can look forward to in terms of gene therapy in 2017. Yeah, I think that's probably one of those technologies. It's CRISPR technologies. Is, is it a technology? Yeah, it is a yeah, technology, yeah. a biological technology. It's one of those things that we just don't know where it's going to go. There's probably be some amazing surprises that come out yeah. of that. Yeah, amazing stuff. So. One, one thing <clears> we're probably uh, sure of is that the climate will be slightly cooler than it was in 2016. Ah, now that, that is unexpected. Isn't it? But, yeah. But unexpected, but also expected, because we're predicting it. Ah. But that's, <laughs> that's okay. Well, let me just put it like this. I didn't expect you to say that. Oh, okay, fair enough. I right. got you. I got you. So um, the, the climate will be cooler, uh, probably, because uh, last year, 2016, saw record temperatures in every month, uh, 
of the year and that was driven in part by El Nino which is a climate cycle in the Pacific Ocean yeah. which has an impact on temperatures around the world that that cycle is now finished yep. so temperatures will drop a little bit from 2016 which will mean that people who like to deny climate change or the science of climate change will jump on that and say look it's stopped it's stopped but it still remains that globally temperatures are rising and you don't you look at the trend over the years not from year to year not from month to month not from week to week but the trend over the years is that the climate is changing rapidly as a result of man's activities my prediction for the year is that people who deny the science of climate <laughs> will continue to do so and the science will continue to prove them wrong a very safe prediction there i think okay well um our so now some neuroscience. We go from climate science to neuroscience. Our ability to figure out what the brain is doing and to really influence it is going to be a very promising area in uh, 2017. Um, the Brain Initiative, which launched uh, to both scepticism and excitement in 2013, is rolling on and picking up steam, according to one scientist, uh, uh, one writer, actually, about science writer, uh, Laura Sanders. Um, and uh, she says she's going to be tracking developments in new technologies, including neural dust, those miniature ultrasonic devices that recently demonstrated their ability to detect nerve activity in rats. You know, very often when we hear, oh, the brain can do this, the brain can do that, and scientists have found that, you know, neurons will do such and such. Of course, this is all research which is being done um, in, in rats and mice and other animals, but uh, that happens so that uh, it, it can eventually uh, be uh, applied to human beings. Um, in 2016, uh, researchers found that they'd helped a patient recover from a minimally conscious state. Now, this is just slightly better than what we sometimes call a persistent vegetative state, mm -hmm. uh, or PSV in, in, in this country. That's how, how we refer to it. And a person w was in a minimally conscious state through low-intensity ultraside, uh, sorry, in a dramatic example, researchers reported in 2016 that they'd helped a, a patient in this state uh, through low-intensity ultrasound stimulation of the thalamus as part of the brain. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, so, you know, that's quite an amazing thing. Somebody in a, in a, in a deep, um, uh, very low conscious condition being uh, brought, brought back. Um, uh, I wonder how uh, other digital devices, things like iPads and so on, will affect children's brains. There's going to be oh, quite okay. a lot of research yeah. on that because um, we're now living, we now have uh, uh, people, little people, younger people around who have never not had computer d d devices every Absolutely. every day of their lives mm. and, um, and we just don't know what we don't actually is. know what, what how that is affecting yeah. the brain doesn't, doesn't mean to say that it's affecting it negatively or positively we just don't know at the moment no and the likelihood is is affecting it differently yes absolutely. and uh, we we may need to respond to that the love and science podcast doesn't have music in it to hear the music Listen to us on Mondays at 3 p.m. on BCFMRadio.com. 
I do, I do get very excited, you know, when we're talking about, uh, say, for example, medi- medical things. And you think, yes, you know, it's incredible. We've got um, things like gene therapy and immunotherapy and stem cell therapy and plenty of other kinds of uh, <laughs> therapies, uh, this CRISPR technique that we've been talking about. Amazing. And, 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 and I think, you know, within the next uh, two or three years, we're going to see some extraordinary uh, treatments yeah, come about. It's okay. v- always very, very quiet to begin with yeah. uh, while testing goes on, but then suddenly, bang, you know. Uh, so, uh, but uh, let's look forward to something else. Now, wh- one of the things that's been going on is we have significantly increased our uh, ability to detect what are called exoplanets. About 10 years ago, um, we hadn't seen any exoplanets. In other words, planets which are outside of our own solar system. So we know of nine, or if you don't count Pluto, eight planets in our own solar system, and that was it. And then a few years ago, we worked out a technique um, to uh, begin to identify the probable uh, location of planets around other stars, and now we've actually seen some of these mm. things. Um, but there's a story uh, about how, um, if I just get this uh, right, about how we n- need to be cautious uh, when you're looking for planets that can uh, bear life. Uh, Sorry, you pick up the story, Andrew, because you know, okay. you know more about this than me. It okay. has to do with binary stars. Yeah, sure. There's, there's, um, as you'll know from Star Wars, there are uh, planets... Uh, well, there are binary stars, which means two stars orbiting around each other, really. Uh, so if you were on a planet uh, in a binary system, you would look up into the sky and you would see two stars. Yeah. Um, two suns, yeah. uh, from your perspective. Like in the first Star Wars. Like in uh, ta- Tatooine. Tatooine. In, yes, the, yeah. um, uh, that, that, that fictional planet. Yeah. Is it fictional? Is it, oh, no, just <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away a long yeah. time ago. Um, and, um, well, it's sort of, if you know uh, much about... Um, the formation of, of of solar systems and planets around stars, then it stands to reason that uh, this this new study has has found that it's much less likely for there to be planets around binary stars than there are around stars uh, which are on their own, like our star, which is the sun, yeah. um, has uh, no other star orbiting around it, just planets orbiting around it, yeah. and stars orbiting around one another cause all sorts of chaos in in terms of the gravity uh, and the gravitational forces and um, the orbits of planets around them, if you think... And presumably things like radiation. Yeah, no, of course, absolutely. So twice, well, depending on the size, around twice as much radiation out Mm. there, so damaging uh, any life uh, on the planets around them. And if you... When as a solar system is formed the planets form by uh, gas and dust gathering in orbit around the star if there's two stars then there's two orbits and it becomes much more complicated and so finding a, a, a stable environment in the formation of our own solar system there are i mean our moon is the result of uh, another planet sized body crashing into earth and breaking off and forming the moon so 
that kind of collision would be happening a lot more yeah. and breaking up the planets a lot more. So yeah. the likelihood of, of planets surviving that kind of chaos yeah. around the binary star is much less. So when we're looking for life on other planets, when we're looking for planets around other stars, the better idea is possibly to look for uh, stars, look around stars with only one star in their yeah. system. Yeah. Having said that, Alpha Centauri, which is our most local neighbor mm. in the stellar neighborhood yeah uh has a rocky planet around it which could be uh, a, a place for life and we should because it's our nearest one be yeah. looking there okay uh, but that doesn't that, that planet doesn't have two stars in it it does alpha centauri is a it's a binary star, yeah. star. ah yeah. right so it is possible for there to be planets around those stars but they're much dramatically less likely than yeah. than around a single so maybe very interesting places to look at but not great candidates for life no. that's the, the that's the message yeah hmm. absolutely interesting well there was a there's a um a story which you found actually Andrew. Oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> yes, this is a, this is a story which uh, which you found, but we we didn't get a chance to uh, uh, deal with it over over Christmas. Um, but apparently there is some uh, strange signals. There's a chap called Duncan Lorimer at the West Virginia University. It was digging through historical records from the Parks Radio telescope in Australia, because I mean, everybody shares their data with each other in science, uh, or at least they very often do, yes. and um, he came across an unusual signal, and uh, he says it wasn't any more than a hiccup, a burst of radio energy as fleeting as ocean foam, very, very poetic, uh, but no one had ever found anything similar to it, and the question is, what was it? What was, uh, what was causing it? And... Um, uh, these these signals uh, were similar to bursts found by the Arecibo radio telescope telescope in Puerto Rico, um, and um, they were called fast radio bursts. Yeah, FRBs. So does, this, does this ring a bell? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, they're a funny old thing. Just huge bursts of radio. Uh, stuff coming from space and hitting uh, our radio telescopes and we don't know what they are they don't repeat very often so we, we get or at all and they're just fast radio bursts what could they possibly be who knows what we do know is that we know currently 18 of them if you extrapolate that out from the statistics of how much of the sky we've looked at, if you could look at the whole sky at once, you would find thousands of these things going off every day. Wow. So if we are seeing a representative area of space, then there are thousands of FRBs, fast radio bursts, going off in space every day and we don't know what they are wow i mean it's just one of those amazing things about astronomy we think we know so much about the universe yeah but we don't know what these things are at all yeah um it could be anything yeah really well, like cosmic firecrackers yeah they could be um <laughs> i like to think of them as um alien spaceships of course uh, yes but, uh, of course you do <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> and, and of course um Pe people ha have associated it with 
possible you know, yeah. evidence of intelligence. I mean, people are always speculating, aren't they? Of course. Whether that would be true or not. Well, I, 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 we, this has been said before, but it's worth saying again. There are um, more stars in the night sky than there are grains of sand on planet yeah. Earth. Yeah. Uh, most of those, planet, those stars have planets around them. Yeah. It would be ridiculous to think that there isn't life yeah. somewhere else out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it's quite a stretch to go from there being life out there to being life projecting radio beams towards yeah, earth yes. for us to, to pick yeah, it up yeah. but but equally it is oh, a just possible. to annoy us yeah well absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah which is exactly what we're doing now yes here on are, bcfm yes. absolutely yes this signal is going out into space yeah. somebody's thinking what <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you send this to yeah, me? The, what, is, what is the meaning of it? Whoever's sending out those fast radio bursts is going, this is a very long radio burst. <laughs> yes, it really is. <laughs> so uh, just we're coming to the uh, end of the show. There are a couple of, a couple of things that we, you and I have been talking about, oh. which is um, it's actually to do with the nature of uh, science in that there's uh, the... the, the in 2016, which seems so long ago, I'm, I'm so 2017 now, <laughs> you know. Uh, but in 2016, the, Ga the uh, Galileo uh, people, who've got uh, a couple of telescopes out in, 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 in space, um, have mapped the Milky Way, which is our, our galaxy, to w in, in incredible detail. And, of course, all that data is now uh, downloaded. It's being made available. But, of course, uh, instead of people looking through a telescope and going, wow, there's a brand-new planet, or, whoa, there's a new star, or something amazing is happening, what the, this is is it's data crunching. Yeah. So some uh, exciting uh, uh, facts about our universe are contained within that data yeah. and, 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 and it just doesn't look very exciting sitting at your computer mining this stuff but that's, that's what people will be doing Absolutely, there's, there's huge amounts of information about space which is sitting on computers ready to be mined already here yeah. on Earth, yeah. there's, there's probably almost certainly there's the, the, the first planet that we find with life on it outside of our solar system yeah will be already sitting on a computer somewhere here on earth we just haven't found it yet and and with less than a minute to go the same is true of course at cern isn't yeah, it the, the large hadron which has been very you know we, it didn't rest on its laurels after it established the um uh, the higgs boson mm. uh, uh, but it's still busy creating data absolutely there may well be those in the know are suggesting that perhaps there might be uh, the d announcement of a new particle discovered in the data at CERN. So we'll see whether that happens this year. That would be exciting. That would be amazing. And, of course, it would uh, just add uh, completely to uh, our picture of the universe. Well, look, uh, it's time for me to uh, start the signature tune again. Uh, it's been great getting back with you in 2017. Uh, don't be blue on this Monday. <laughs> Have yourselves a very good evening. Don't forget uh, to stay with us for uh, uh, John Ford getting uh, Bristol home next. And don't forget to join us again uh, next week Have uh, from Andrew and me. Have a very good evening. <laughs>